time for the Plank Show. Let's go to work, bro! It's time for the Plank Show with Sooner sideline reporter Chris Plank. You can call the show on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Sound off on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Just don't do it while you're driving. Now, live from the Sports Talk Network studios, powered by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. It's time for the Plank Show with Josh Helmer and Sooner sideline reporter Chris Plank. Oh, let's go. Let's go. It is a Friday edition of the Plank Show. I'm fired up, man. I'm so excited for the start of the Men's College World Series today. And the fact that you're looking at a squad in Oklahoma that had, I I, I don't know if there is, I'm not trying to be too overly dramatic about it, but there was a large faction of society, sooner society, that had tapped out on this team. And, and, And I'll be, I mean, to be fair, I mean, it was a little bit early to do so, but understandably the frustration was there. You know, the kind of the echoes of what happened in 2020 with that rotation that was unbelievable. Three dudes who are in the bigs right now to have the season cut short. You you can't help but lament that missed opportunity. And 2021 didn't necessarily go the way that anyone wanted it to but to see the team and now the program as a whole to take the next step and listen we got all the details on uh, I mean, it, by the way Drake I don't know if Josh is here, but is it still Mitchell Park right I mean we're not there's not a major sponsor that's jumping in yet that like loves field right we're, we're looking at a new revisioned re-imaged uh, Mitchell Park right that's my Oh, there you go. What's up, Josh? Good morning. Good morning. He was – I'm not at a my, – my internet sucks right now. I can't think of any other way to put it. But the excitement is that, Josh, you go from I, – I honestly – you know, you brought up the Kansas comparison the other day, right? Kansas basketball, where there had been so much frustration, disappointment, dare I even say anger, with the way things ended – with the COVID shutdown of the spring championships that, you know, basically you're kind of stuck in purgatory. And, and you look at, there's some pro, I mean, Texas softball is, is a great example. Now they bounced back and got to the championship series this year. So that was huge. But, you know, there were many that looked at that 2020 Texas team as the team that many thought would break through both softball and baseball and hell, maybe even for shock of smart basketball. But, I mean, not trying to get caught up in that world, but if you had Oklahoma baseball as one of the great examples of a team that really got crushed by it, and to not only see the team have the success, Josh, but now the commitment to say, all right, we're happy, we're excited, we're going to Omaha, but let's use this momentum to really get progress moving forward because I don't know how you feel about it, but if there is one thing – outside of a coach leaving for a rival. If there is one thing that seems to motivate the money men and women that support college athletics, it's success. 
And when you have that success, you want more of it. And when you feel that excitement and you feel that energy of what it means to win a College World Series, to go to Omaha, to you know play for a national title, it's, a, it's an infectious and contagious feeling in a good way. Not like in a COVID way, but in a good way. And when you see a story like this that breaks this morning, Josh, it's massive. It's huge, not just for Sooner Baseball in 2022, but for the long-term future of the program. And they should strike while the iron is hot. Here you are in the College World Series, and OU Baseball needs this, right? They, they need a new locker room. They need the players' lounge and the nutrition center. They need those team meeting areas. Uh they need the lobby, right? Celebrating the yep. championship tradition, all of this stuff, the video and analytics side, the sports medicine and recovery, the coaches' offices, just all of it needs a facelift. They need this thing updated. And when you make it to Omaha and here you are fighting for a national championship, why not, why not send the reminder out as we speak? That's right. Estimated cost $30 million. Uh, among the – and it looks awesome. I don't know if you've had a chance to look at the pictures yet, Josh, but it looks awesome. Uh, the estimated price, as I said, 30 mil. Uh, you're looking at a new student athlete amenities that include a locker room upgrade, players' lounge and nutrition, team meeting areas. Uh, you mentioned the lobby that celebrates their championship tradition, which I would think would, would serve like as a front door to the baseball program. Uh, upgraded videos and analytics. Up, upgraded coaches' offices. And listen, I know that for some of you, this might not seem as a as a big deal. And honestly, I, I mean, I don't know how much time coaches actually truly get to spend in their offices. But for OU baseball, that's an area that's – been in need of an upgrade for a minute, right? I mean, I, I could compare to softball. You know, Coach Gasso doesn't even have an office at the field. Her coach's office is over in the in the athletics facilities in Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium, right? Uh, skips are at at Mitchell Park, but it's you know it's it's antiquated. So these are. Awesome upgrades that are drastically needed. And you hit it on the head, Josh. Whenever you have that moment, you've got to strike when the iron's hot. You've got to go out and try to rally your boosters, rally your donors, maybe even strike a core. There might be a big baseball money guy or, or a big money guy or gal out there that has been a baseball fan but just, I don't know, hasn't really had the motivation to jump in and, and get involved in the baseball world. Now, when you see the when you see the progress, you, you you can't help, I think, but want to be involved in it. So kudos to Oklahoma and the Sooner Club. Great timing on this announcement. And now Josh, we got a little bit more juice heading into today at one o'clock. And we we've had plenty of juice, but yes, this True. is this is great to see. They need they need all of this, right? They they need the state-of-the-art performance and player development center you you gotta have that to wow prospective recruits sure and hopefully they can they can make progress on this and we can see you know obviously loves field done for softball quickly and then a renovated reworked eldell mitchell park 
in similar fashion very, very quickly. You need that in the here and now, and you'll need it in the SEC, no doubt. So I, I want to be completely honest with you as we welcome you into the Plank Show right here on The Ref on this very special Friday with Josh Elmer. I'm Chris Plank. Please give us a follow on Twitter at Josh on Ref. I'm at Plank Show, and everybody should be following us uh, on any of our affiliates, including at KREF Sports. I'm not going to lie, Josh. I have a major, major episode of FOMO going on right now. How are you? I mean, I feel like everybody is in Omaha right now. Well, outside of TJ and Drake. Uh, I, I feel like everyone's in Omaha, and it's awesome, right? But there's this part of me that's like, dang, I want to go. <laughs> I want to be up there and be a part of it. I think there's going to be a strong contingent of Sooner fans that are uh, in Omaha, and I'm just – I'm here for it. I have a massive case of FOMO not being in Omaha right now. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, it's it's good for everybody that's making the trip. Hopefully it is a large Sooner contingent that just continues to grow throughout this weekend and – into next week and beyond, but I'd love to be there myself. Gosh. I, I mean, you've been, so you want – now, paint a picture for me, or maybe there's a few people that are inching closer towards Omaha that are tuned into us today that are making that road trip. I saw – speaking of FOMO, when did Parker become a college baseball fan? How does he and Travis end up getting that plum assignment? Uh, I don't know, but it's great for those two, obviously, that yes! they'll Jealous. be in Omaha. Boo! Jealous of you, too. But since I've never been, what, what is, there, is there a restaurant district that you need to check out? Is there a, a sports bar area? What are the need-to-dos whenever you're in Omaha? And granted, it's been a minute since you've been, right? It's been a minute, and I've not been since they've moved it over here to Chase Field. So my experience is... Ah with the College World Series are all Rosenblatt. So it's been a minute since I've gone, and it's my understanding that it's right there in downtown, so should be a bunch of stuff that is right next door to it. Never even been in Nebraska. Am I missing – well, I'm going to get to go this year, good Lord willing, but is – I mean, am I missing out not having been in the state of Nebraska? Is Omaha one of those – once you go, you want to go back all the time, or is it just where the College World Series is? I think it's uh, – I mean, I don't know that it's you want to go back all the time, <laughs> but I think it's a solid solid place to take a trip to that is okay. maybe surprisingly fun, right? And especially right. for an event like this. We've got a lot of previews coming up. Uh, I, we we brought you a little bit of Jim Schlossnagel from yesterday, the – Former TCU, now current Texas A&M coach. We got more Texas A&M stuff to get to to preview today. Much, much more from the Sooners who had a little media avail yesterday as well. We'll bring you some of that. Uh, And listen, Clay Van Hook was fantastic on the show yesterday. So we'll talk. uh, We'll reset a little bit of that as the show rolls on. Was that yesterday or was that the day before? I think it was the day before. I think it was on Wednesday for the send-off. But it's up on the podcast page at carryfsports.com. You can check it out. And we had a great conversation with Patty Gasso on the program yesterday. You can find it there as well. But, Josh, listen, we can't go an entire first segment without uh, moving past the Thunder winning a championship last night, huh? How about that celebration from Thunder fans? I mean, 
geez, people, you're you're celebrating Draymond Green whenever you're taking your shots at Kevin Durant. I I've never I thought that to a certain degree we were kind of starting to get over this a bit, but holy smokes, people, you realize what side you're choosing here? Nobody ever is like, oh yeah, see they did it without Kevin Durant. Take that, Kevin Durant. I saw I saw one. It's the I'm going to say this, and you can find it on Twitter. All right, you ready? I I saw Josh the dumbest take in the history of the internet last night. The single most ridiculous take on the internet. I saw an Oklahoma guy, right? I, I think you would consider him a media member, that tweeted, "I feel like I finally won a broke up for the uh, breakup for the first time." I mean. Did, did Kevin Durant not win a couple of rings while he was in Golden State? How come an Oklahoma City Thunder fan would be in a position where, by any stretch of the imagination, they're celebrating something Golden State does? Yeah, I, you know, Kevin Durant didn't pass through my thoughts a ton last night. It was really more about Ooh. Steph Curry and, and Clay Thompson and their battle back to the top of the mountain after going through all of the injuries that – that they had with Clay Thompson and really not not being very good throughout that time where Clay Thompson was injured to Steph Curry finally They were the worst team MVP. in the NBA 3 years ago. Josh, they were the worst team in the NBA 3 years ago. The worst. I mean there was no one worse than the Warriors 3 years ago. That's I'm so filled with jealous rage over what they've been able to do. But like you said, you can't help but respect it, right? Yeah. I mean, Steph Curry was great throughout the series. I know he had the one game in game five where he didn't make a three-pointer. But again last night and early in the series, he really willed Golden State to one of their comeback victories. Draymond Green, they didn't get a lot from him in this NBA Finals. They they did last night. He was much better last night. But just that – that star power of Steph Curry and then combining it, I thought was cool with Andrew Wiggins. I thought it was neat to see him have his moment last night, somebody that was a number one overall pick that didn't really pan out in that regard but has found a, a home in Golden State and was pivotal for them in this championship run, right? right. The the back-to-back double-doubles that uh, he had in the finals, he was, he was really, really good for Golden State and – you kind of thought that Golden State, like, it, it was funny last night, the way that Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy and some of the yes. others were acting like, oh, it's, you know, this one's different from Golden State because nobody saw it coming. It's like, really? It's like, yeah, it was a little bit different than Golden State with Kevin Durant where they were the clear heavy, heavy favorite but if you doubted Steph Curry and a healthy Klay Thompson for a second, then I'm sorry, you're a fool. So I, I, I guess I, I might not watch enough sports. I, I think I've or, or either that or I might not watch watch what everyone else is watching because I, I mean I've seen like two times where people were questioning Steph Curry's legacy. Right, it's like, oh well, you know, you didn't do it up, but they won a title before Durant got there. They won two with him, and now they win one after him. I mean, I, I guess. Well, he needs an NBA Finals MVP to cement his legacy. I don't. Do, do we say that about anyone? Oh, I. 
I've never understood the doubt, especially with Clay Thompson coming back. And we knew, right? So what do they do? They got a first round, a top three pick. That guy didn't really pan out, but they used it as a piece to get better. And look where they are. They're champs again. Oh, I'm filled with rage but appreciation for it. I mean, I thought Golden State was done whenever Durant left. I thought Golden State was done when Steph got hurt a couple years ago. I thought they were done when Clay got hurt. And, I mean, we saw what it was like with just Draymond. Not good. But now to see where they are and what they've done, jealous, man. And, and so you jealous. start but thinking hey, about, hey, uh, at least you start thinking about, hey, can they can they knock off a repeat or a couple more rings sure. here? I mean, what's the final number for Steph Curry and these Golden State Warriors? But, hey, at, at least OKC fan, you can feel better about winning the breakup because you finished where? Stop it. Last night had nothing to do with Kevin Durant and everything to do with Golden State just being an incredibly well-run organization. It had a little and, bit and to Josh, do with Kevin Durant, hitting... though. Last night? Yeah, yeah, it did. Sure, for Golden State. How? To win without him again? Oh, well, well sure, but I mean... To act like that had any part in, in their motivation last night. They wanted to win a title, period. I mean, this whole idea that, oh, yeah, they they showed the world they could win one without KD. They won one without KD. They won one four years or like six years ago without KD. I, I guess, like I said, I guess I'm not hip to the, the KD hate that's out there. He moved on to Brooklyn. Guess what? They're going to be real good next year if they stay healthy. But – you know, now he's the one that I guess has to prove that he can win one without Golden State, right? Now that kind of flips it, doesn't it? Yes. he. Golden State didn't need this NBA Finals to prove that they could win without Kevin Durant, though it's a great reminder for them. And it is a nice little extra feather in the cap for Steph Curry that instead of just having the one ring, now he's not going to be regarded as this guy that, yeah, well, Kevin Durant helped you get two of your three. Now he's got two away sure. from Kevin Durant, but – Absolutely. Kevin Durant needs to get a ring away from this group at Golden State. It would be huge for him. Do you know what? Uh, and not to sit here and dump on anything that just a, was just accomplished for Golden State. But if you kind of dig through their row, they caught a few breaks, right? John Moran gets hurt in the Memphis series. Phoenix absolutely lays an egg against the Dallas Mavericks in game seven when they were hands down the bad, I mean, a, a historic season in the West this year for the Phoenix Suns. Middleton and gets hurt. absolute egg in game seven. Middleton gets hurt in the East for the Celtics. I mean, you start looking around and, and you realize, okay, there, there's a there's a few, I don't want to say asterisks, but everyone got a break. And by the way, I stand corrected. Parker Thune, baseball guy. Apparently a crafty lefty back in the day. Who's he playing for there, Josh? The Bombers? Is that who it is? Thrashers, excuse me. It looks like he's looks like he's bringing a little bit of a breaking ball here. They'd spot that one. You got to be careful. You got to hide that grip a little bit better, Parker. I stand corrected. I'm still jealous. This is a show filled with jealous rage today, Josh Helmer. From the Golden State Warriors doing their thing again to everyone who's in Omaha that's not you or I. And I'll try to I'll try to contain my rage through the next two hours and thirty minutes of this show. Deal? Sound like a plan? No. Let's be jealous off Friday. <laughs>
Uh, hey, let's go nuts and bolts in uh, on what the new plan looks like for OU baseball next. He's Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. It's the Plank Show. Air Comfort Solutions, text line 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439, or the Riverwind Casino jackpot line 405-329-9000. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Right here on the ref. Ooh. Josh, you're what, 30 years old? Is that right? Sure, we can round down. Okay. Do you know what happened 28 years ago today? I And again, you were two years old, three years old, so I doubt that it pops right to the front of your mind. Well, OU won the national championship in 94. Good. There was something else significantly that happened. The O.J. Simpson police chase. Oh, I should. Bronco. I should have known. I should have known. They had a thirty for thirty on that that I was watching last night before I flipped it over to the finals. The randomness of when they pop a thirty for thirty on is always interesting to me. <laughs> Who decides when they're gonna? P- All right, so tonight we're gonna have the thirty for thirty on. I don't know. Uh, Losing all your money, or was that an E6? It was, hey, it was pretty interesting, too. Oh, it's a great 30 for 30. And the title, I think, of the 30 for 30 is just June 17th, 1994, because it's all of the events. Oh, my gosh. That happened it's, it's, on June 17th of 1994. Oh, you had the, the final round for Arnie Palmer in the Open, right? The Rangers won the Stanley Cup whenever Mark Messier had guaranteed uh, – Oh, it's dude, now that you put it together, I'm like, that's my favorite uh, 30 for 30 period. I, I, when I was trying to type it in to figure out what I'd missed while half of you are yelling at your radio right now. What else had I missed on June 30th? Let's see. Was the Olympics going on or the World, World Cup was going on? Oh, my gosh. All of that in one. It was the opening ceremonies for the World Cup. Ken Griffey Jr. had a day. Yeah, that was that was one of the parts I didn't like that much. The Ken Griffey thing? Why yeah. was he, did he do it against the Royals? <laughs> yeah, sit it out into the fountains. They're like, and oh, by the way, here was a Ken Griffey Jr. home run. It's like, that is unrelated. Get that right. out of here. Here they all are. Here they all are, right? On this day in 1994. By the way, 1994, I was young, dude. I was 19 years old, and I figured by the time I was 47, I would be retired and finished with sports, and I would be on Sports Center. Oh, <laughs> <sighs> Anyway, Arnold Palmer played his final round of the U.S. Open. The 94 FIFA World Cup, hosted by the U.S. for the first time, had its opening ceremonies. The Rangers celebrated their Stanley Cup finals with the ticker tape parade. Game five of the NBA Finals. All right. Uh, and then Ken Griffey Jr. tied Babe Ruth's record of the most home runs before June 30th on the team at the team 65 65- – what 65th game of the season which by the way that season uh they had a player strike <laughs> so Ken Griffin Jr. never got to finish he he had 40 home runs when the strike actually hit do you know what I was doing in 94 I remember it vividly now <laughs> it took a reminder I was working at the now RIP no longer there aquatic center in Wood River Illinois Josh and I was on the night shift. And so here's how it worked. We were all lifeguards. 
But there was a handful of us who also did maintenance. And this maintenance room, dude, holy smokes, I had nightmares about it still. There were two different pumps. There was a pump for the slide. There was a pump for this massive pool. It was the city's pool, right? So you had thousands of kids that would go there and use it as a bathroom. So you would have to go down and you have to prime the pumps. And it was massive. You had these big wrenches. And so they needed 24-7 care. So one of us would alternate working overnights. You'd work over, and so it's not just overnights watching the pump. It was security too, so you had to watch the gates and make sure that no one broke in. You'd have to. Sometimes your friends would come up and hang out with you just to keep you company. But on that night, we didn't even have a TV, so I'm following the NBA game on radio, and then they break into it, and they not listen. Um, uh, OJ Simpson's a fugitive of justice right now. And he's on the run, a fugitive from justice, of justice. Either one of those work for you? I think both work, right? From, of? I'll allow it, yes. 220, 221. And literally, so I left my post. I went home, got a TV, brought it to work, and had the bunny ears out to watch this coverage of the chase on NBC because Bob Costas was calling the Rockets-Knicks game. Unbelievable. This date. 1994. How about that? Look at the brain on us. Anyway, happy June 17th, everybody. It's one of the wildest days maybe in the history of sports. Do you, what were you, like three? Yeah, I would have been four. <laughs> no memories, right? It wasn't daddy. Son, come pull up your, uh, your bouncy chair. We got to watch O.J. Simpson run from the police here. No, actually, I had moved my television set out into the living room and said, Dad, Mom, you don't want to miss this. O.J. Simpson's on the run. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, gosh. Unbelievable. I, it's one of those moments, I think, for many of us, you'll never forget where you are. What a wild, wild day. Oh, look at you. look what you found. You want to give me chills? The, the NBC intro videos were always the best. Anyway, that's a 91. I can't get too carried away with it. Did you see what that was? Uh, it was the intro to the 91 NBA Finals. They upscaled it to 4K. Yeah, you, you got to watch that video during the break. It is incredible how good it looks. I might cry because the Lakers were playing the Bulls and we got smoked, if I remember correctly, in Game 5. I think I think in that series, the Lakers either won the first or the second game, and then the Bulls ended up winning in five. This might have been the magical – wow, look at that. How do they do that? How do they make the video so pure and clear? I have no idea. James Worthy, fresh off of smoking a cigar last night after the Golden State Warriors won. Did you see him celebrating last night, the Celtics' loss? That's pretty awesome. Uh, okay, so anyway, back on point here. It's the Plank Show on the Ref. We're doing a break. Uh, I did want to spend some time, though, going in-depth on everything that seems to be a part of the OU baseball renovations to Mitchell Park. And it was just released moments ago, um, a re-envisioned commitment to the future home of Oklahoma baseball. The renderings look awesome. The front door has that same feel from a, can I say window? From a window look that the football facility does, right? I mean, it is, you look at the football offices and kind of how the arching windows are, 
there's six of them right as you walk in what looks like the front gates of Mitchell Park. This looks awesome. And from being someone who's driven down, what is that, Imhoff, a bazillion times, this is one of those types of projects that will truly, Josh, catch your attention and something that is desperately needed. Yeah, that, no, they, they need it, and it would absolutely catch your attention. It would be state-of-the-art. What I'm looking at here, uh-huh. if, uh, if I'm thinking of this right, is would that be the first base side? Yes, I think so. I think it would actually – yeah, yeah, you're right. Down that first baseline. I'm trying to do my same to make sure I get proper perspective on it as well. So it would be like the new front door to the facility, right? Yeah, and it, it looks amazing, the, the rendering of this. And it just it comes back to that simple point. They need this. They need it from a recruiting standpoint. They need it from a rest recovery, nutritional standpoint. And they, they need it from a competitive standpoint. Not just the recruiting side, but the, the lead-up, the build-up to a weekend series. They, they need all of this upgraded and in one convenient spot right there at Eldell Mitchell Park. And the fans need it too, right? I mean, you want to go somewhere that's state-of-the-art. That's, sure. That's great. I heard Toby make this point a while back, and it's a really good point. You know, it's not as if we're going into a conference where everything is state-of-the-art. There's some baseball facilities in the SEC that need some work. Uh, and, and Mitchell Park in its current state is more than serviceable, but we're not looking for serviceable. We're looking for next level, right? We're looking for something well beyond, Josh, what everyone else has. Uncommon, right? And – this is it. So kudos to, I guess you could say, the upgrade to the upgrade? Is that? Because we saw the renderings for the upgrade, and now you have round two of the upgrade. Uh, so it's exciting for Oklahoma Sooner baseball. Speaking of exciting, let's get you ready for first pitch. Got a little bit more Skip Johnson coming up. When we come back, we owe you more from the NBA Finals. I mean, an NBA championship was won last night, so I guess we now can focus our attention on the Thunder draft. And I have a OU to the SEC question for you to start hour two. Because something I, – I did a guest spot with my buddy Ryan Fowler in Tuscaloosa yesterday, and he said something to me that I either missed in the reporting – was unaware of, but I'm definitely intrigued by. And we'll get to it coming up right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Uh, some good suggestions. Like if you're on the road like Travis and Parker are today up to Omaha. Sooner Lisa had checked in on Twitter, which is a great way to follow the show at Josh on Ref. I am at Plank Show. Why is James Wiseman trending? Leave him alone. Uh, Sooner Lisa had said, hang out at Old Market area in downtown Omaha. Old Mattress Brewing Company is a lot of fun and close to the stadium. Still miss Rosenblatt, though. That endorsement was seconded by the 402 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Capital District, Old Market, tons of bars and restaurants, hotels, and entertainment. 
of jealous now. Though I will say, uh, somebody truly has my back from the 580, and I appreciate this. Plank, don't be jealous. You just completed a national championship run while going to Southern California, Florida, and Hawaii. Fair point. Uh, and what's funny about it is even if Toby Rowland had called me and on Tuesday or Wednesday said, listen, man, really want you to go to Omaha with me. I think let's get the band back together, have you go do some sideline stuff. Let's really have – a blast in Omaha. I would have had to say no because I had COVID, right? Or at least we assume I had COVID. <laughs> I could have really been greedy, right? I could have been like, yeah, I'm going. Let's go. <coughs> Just all sp- spray the vid everywhere. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, by the way. I, I, we had to answer the question about someone missing the game because of a joke that Toby made the other day, that they were going on a vacation with their family. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I wouldn't risk that. In fact, I am. I just came out of my sequestering on, what would that be, Wednesday night? I felt like I could have come in today, but I don't want to risk it. Playing it safe. Nothing wrong with that. I don't want to get you sick, dude. <laughs> this, uh, this James Wiseman thing. Oh, my goodness. So, why is he trending? Because I guess, I guess he, you know, posed with the NBA trophy. And I'm looking at a headline. It says, NBA fans react to James Wiseman posing like Kobe Bryant after winning the 2022 <laughs> NBA championship with, with this quote. Bro, he literally didn't do anything, end quote. James Wiseman hit the draft. I mean, when we talk about the lottery, he literally hit the lottery. I, you know, what's funny is – I think he still factors into the Golden State plans. Well, th- I really do. Think about this. I mean, they're about to be better. Yes. With him in the mix. Oh, gosh. But, yeah, that picture. Okay. It's like, leave the dude alone. He's been hurt. He's been hurt. But that is a hilarious picture. I worked so hard for this moment. <laughs> now, and people are starting to use the Kendrick Perkins 2018. In the <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, James Wiseman. Oh gosh. Now they, <laughs> here's the gears real quick. We'll move on. I promise. Uh, they've, they've used the Patrick Beverly, his celebration after the T wolves advance from the play in game. And he's running around crying and he throws his Jersey into the crowd. And someone tweeted James Wiseman after not playing a damn minute all year. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Give our guy a break. Oh, Come on. Gosh. I forgot. Ah, dude, you got to tip your hat to him. I mean, you really do. I I just, it's hard. It's frustrating, but you have to. This from the 405. It's it's silly, but not hard to figure out. The Warriors won a pre and post KD title, reinforcing the notion that they didn't need him, and he left OKC to join a championship uh, in order to win a ring. Okay, that's great. Then why aren't we, why are you celebrating that? Congratulations, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry, and Andre Iguodala. By the way, who I will, Josh. I completely forgot that he was on the Warriors. Still, completely forgot until they checked him in with one minute left in the game. It's like whoa, and he was a Finals MVP yes. for them throughout this dynastic run. I mean, I guess the funny part to me is you want to get mad at KD and say, "Oh, they didn't need him." I think at that point they did. I don't think they were gonna. I don't think they had anything for LeBron and Kyrie. But in the same vein, uh, 
I don't think you celebrate too much that the guys who are responsible for persuading him to come to Golden State just won a title. Meanwhile, we're debating over Boncaro or Chet Holmgren. Oh, in the end, it worked out. Golden State won without him. You take that, Kevin Durant. Okay. That's what you guys are going to celebrate? Fine. All's well that ends well That's, when you've got the number two overall pick, that's baby. Right. Uh, all right, I'm done with that. We got we got post game sound coming up here in just a bit. Also, I've got this this conundrum. I don't even know if it's a report or an issue that I want to get to with Josh involving uh, Oklahoma's move to the SEC. And oh, we got OU in Omaha in the College World Series. Quick break. We'll come back. We're guest free today. There's not even a pending guest. Well, I guess there is one pending guest. But it's been the whole, yeah, sh- just shoot me an email and I'll be ready to go. And I'm on like three emails and I haven't heard back from her. But we're, So we're, you said, just shoot me an email. Just wondering if this yeah. is the one. Yeah. Is this the email where you actually want to come on the air? I mean, listen, I'm really bad sometimes at replying to emails and maybe even worse sometimes at texts. Uh, but this one was a three-day later reply to an email. And then literally... One hour after they had sent the email, I replied to them. It was like, hey, will this time work? This time, this time, this time. Yeah, we're on 24 hours since I sent that email, so we'll see. <laughs> but uh, Alicia Jessup, the attorney that we talked about that had the the uh, angles and perspective on exactly what might be happening if players, college student-athletes, win their battle to become considered employees of the university. So, Maybe she'll join us, but that's really it. The rest is you. Final thoughts before first pitch of the College World Series, 405-329-9000 on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line, or keep them rolling in on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. This is the Plank Show. This is your home for Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. So uh, Hope Troutwine signed with the Pride last night. I did something last night, Josh, I've never done before as we welcome you back into the Plank Show. A lot of baseball talk still to come. Um, More from some of the media avails yesterday to get to. I called a game remotely last night. Well, I I guess I shouldn't say that. I called a game remotely at Sooner Vision before, but I called a game remotely from my home last night. It's a very weird feeling, you know? You're sitting at your desk and you're calling a game and you get excited about things, and you look around. It's like, uh, there's my dog. My dog's not usually at a game. Yes, I can walk over and grab grab this. It's just weird. And Josh, one camera angle for a virtual broadcast. One, not good. I would like to apologize to fans of the Smash It Vipers or Team Alliance last night. As I called my first WPF game. That makes it challenging when you've only got the one angle to go off of. Was it challenging in general for you from a play-by-play perspective? Just, you know, you're not there. You're you're broadcasting it remotely. Yes. Yes. It was terrible. But it was great because I knew everyone. I knew everyone that was playing. I've in some way, shape, or form called one or two of their games or something. So at least I had something, but yeah. Off the Air Comfort Solutions text line real quick to put a bow on hour one. Did OU just announce the baseball stadium renovation? 
Toby tweeted it. Uh, do people listen to our show, Josh? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I, mean, I this guess. Is, this is becoming a, a kind of a regular occurrence, right? I mean, we I, – I had a dude the other day that was mad at me for, wow, you spent your last hour doing this. And I was like, I, I spent one minute in a final segment talking about it. We spent – the whole hour playing clips. We had, in fact, we had a whole hour of interviews yesterday. We had Coach Castle and we had Joey on yesterday. And then we got the top five stories of the day. Oh, you're going to spend all your time talking the finals, aren't you? No, I'm not. I'm going to talk probably mostly OU. We literally spent the whole first hour talking about the commitment to renovation. Now, what's unclear is where they are financially, right? Because we've seen the commitment of people in the past, but where are if the estimated project cost is thirty million dollars, Josh, how far along are we? Right, and that's the one thing where I'm a little bit unclear in the release of the Oklahoma Baseball Stadium project. And when do you get going on it? What's the right. dollar figure to where you say, okay, we've fundraised enough? Is it the full amount or is it twenty? Of that $30 million, I don't know. I've been getting a lot of people freaking out because they haven't seen anything on the groundbreaking for softball yet. <laughs> By the way, the very next tweet. Blake, have you ever done play-by-play for a game virtually? Seems like that would be challenging. Listen here, Kyle and Broken Bow. I don't want to hear it today. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> very funny. Make it, making fun of me a little bit. No, 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 no. He's making fun of, of me. Uh, are making fun of people that don't pay attention to the show is what he is. Ah, See, he's not you. See, you're just too smart for me on this Friday. 720, take that. But I guess that's where the question is, is are they far enough along to where we're on the cusp of this being a groundbreaking situation, or is there still fundraising to do? Softball groundbreaking is going to take place. I mean, it's just a matter of if it's – you know, July or maybe even early August. But they're ready to go. It's just putting shovels in dirt. Take a quick break. Come back. Wrap up. Uh, oh, we're wrapped up in hour number one. Look at us. Hour two. Got a big question for you, Josh, involving OU to the SEC next. Sound off 24-7, 365 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Right here on your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Quick story before we start hour two as we welcome you back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. With Josh Elmer, I'm Chris Plank. Get to the phones in a second at 405-329-9000. That's the Riverwind Casino jackpot line on our show. 405-329-9000. Or on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Now, before we kick off hour number two, Pierce, you said somebody called off air and told you to ask me what? Uh, to say fun sucker. <laughs> so, story time, Josh. This morning, at approximately 5.45 a.m., I tried to say fun sucker in talking about debates where people feel like it needs to be compared to Golden State Warrior teams of years past or 
previous championship teams or stupid Mount Rushmore debates. (laughs) And I tried to say they're really fun suckers. But let's just say the F. Kind of mixed with the S. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it was as straight up of an F-bomb as you could possibly (laughs) drop on the air. Yeah, as soon as Pierce said that on air a second ago, I was, whoa, I'm getting a little nervous, getting a little uneasy. So I literally, I have the clip of it. I'll send it to you so you can hear it. You don't think we should play it on air again right now? It got dumped. No one heard it. Uh, which is, and I think you still hear it on the stream, but yeah, it's just, I've, I've heard it happen before. I mean, it's happened to us on this show before where you're like, Whoa, sorry about that. But I mean, it was, it was one of the all time greatest e-breaks ever, but I didn't know if I knew they had caught it and that, sorry, microphone and that it didn't go over the air. I would have had a little bit more fun with it, but I didn't know if they had caught it and dumped it or not. So I was like, I got to move on because what's the big rule? If you dwell on it, that's where you cause problems. Indeed. Then everybody goes looking for it. Right. Wait a second. Right, right, exactly. But I'll wear it. I'm sorry. They caught it, though. It didn't go over the air. No, my luck, my producer probably hates me and it'll end up going viral and I'll end up having (laughs) to – there'll be some sort of written apology. I would like to apologize for at 545 a.m., which, by the way, in all fairness to me, is still in a safe zone. So I don't know if you can drop the F-bomb or not, but I sure did today. That's the first thing. It's probably frowned upon, but that is a good defense for your team. But the you know what? It was actually Brian Noah was making a, a really good point because he was talking about Jeff Gundy and in Jeff Gundy's whole take as being a thief of joy. Well, I tried to add to that. You know, I'm like, hey, thief of joy, they're basically – Instead of taking all the fun out of it, I tried to be a little bit more creative. And look where it got me, Josh. Look where it got me. Whoever called in, that is a P1 to the max. You win an award today. Don't know who you are, but I'm grateful for you making sure that we brought that one to the air. Long-time listener, big-time fan, first-time caller. (laughs) All right, listen, I know, True, before I get to you, I want to pose this to Josh. It's hour two of the Plank Show. We are counting down to the College World Series today, Oklahoma and Texas A&M. We've got you covered on our flagships for KREF, 99.3 FM and 1400 AM in Norman. Uh, You can find the broadcast on the Varsity app, which is available for download, or I guess our app, right, the KREF app. Go search and download it today. Our shows will continue, too, so you'll still be able to hear Mike Steely and Teddy and Parker this afternoon. So that's we, we still have our noon to six shows that'll have you covered talking around the game, updates on the game, and all things OU Athletics. So that's that's an option you'll have when you download the KREF app. But Josh, I was on I was on a, an Alabama radio station yesterday. And they told me something that I hadn't heard. Now it may be out there and when I say this Someone might be able to say, you're so stupid. That's been everywhere. And I'll wear it. I feel like I'm pretty well read. I feel like I study a lot for this show. This isn't a crack the mic, beg for phone calls, and just kick my feet up. I mean, we, we work on this. We, we, we do. It's a passion. But the guys in Bama told me that every team submitted a list of the five schools or five schools they would want to be among their one or three 
regular opponents whenever the SEC goes away from divisions. Interesting. Had you heard that? No, not that I remember. I don't remember hearing that either. But basically it was, listen, we want – who do you want, right? And it's not a guarantee, and this can be clandestine, and this can be – and I, first of all, I don't even know if it's real, but I just – they said it, so, I mean, Ryan doesn't make stuff up. It's got to be true. It has to be. They said it on the radio. So, I was thinking about it, and again, they give five, so that way, you know, there's one one, right? It's like one, you asterisk that. That's who you want. That's the team you want. But if you were going to do five, knowing that you would end up probably getting three, I did my list, and I want you to shoot it down or embrace it, Right. The number one is Texas, right? Yeah, I mean that's just a no-brainer. You you have to have Texas. You're not you're not giving up the Red River game. Now I want to be clear. I think some might try to push Missouri into this conversation. I'm not here to help Missouri out. I'm not. I'm I'm all about what's best for Oklahoma. Because my number two was LSU, and can I explain why real quick? I know some are like, why would it be Texas A&M, blah, blah, blah. Texas A&M is on this list. But I just – I feel like that's a big-time recruiting hotbed. And, in fact, whenever I was talking to Ryan, they brought up the same. So I would put LSU. Maybe not as high, but I had him at two. My third was A&M because I think Oklahoma and A&M have a pretty good history together, you know, playing each other – during the short amount of time that they were conference partners in the Big 12. Obviously, 77-0 to rings true in there. Played each other in a couple bowl games, including the Cotton Bowl recently. I like the idea of, of A&M. All right, so through my first three, Texas, LSU, and A&M, knowing that I'm not going to put Vanderbilt in here and I'm not going to put Missouri in here, are you on board with me or was it too much of a knee jerk for LSU? I, I've got all three. I, I've jotted down my five and all three of those are in my five all right makes me feel a little bit better now this might be where we we part a little bit and again i'm the first one to admit that maybe this is also a little bit of a sentimental homeristic side of me but i really want to see arkansas in that mix so i put arkansas now, is that just trying to create something that isn't there? Is that trying to be, I don't know, too regional? But I, I put Arkansas on my list of one of those teams that, again, now we're outside of the teams that would be your first choices in your pod. But I think it's kind of a push between A&M and Arkansas. And maybe, Josh, even a push between LSU and Arkansas. Yeah, I would. I mean, if I'm power ranking it, Texas would be number one. I think I'm more intrigued with Arkansas even than Texas A&M. I know Fair you've enough. got the old Big 12 history with A&M, but to me, Arkansas is such an obvious choice. Right. Your neighboring states, it's got the built-in ability to become a rivalry. It's a program that's on the up-and-coming with Sam Pittman, they're not just good at football. They're really, really good right now with Musselman and basketball. We know that, hey, they're in the College World Series here too with Oklahoma and Texas. So, to me, Arkansas is a no-brainer to basically 
and, and this is almost maybe insulting to Arkansas and just the entirety of their athletic department, but mm-hmm. basically they're going to replace Oklahoma State for a lot of OU fans. It, it'll never touch Texas. It'll never touch the Red River, but Arkansas would be that natural rival for OU. So, yeah, to me that's a slam dunk. And then, so the fifth, I, I'm not going to lie to you, I don't have. I don't know. So that's what I wanted to pose. You've got this alleged report. Like I said, I haven't been able to see it anywhere. I Googled all night long trying to find this, and maybe it was something that was in basketball scheduling, and I still couldn't find anything there. I couldn't. Um, But the thought is that Greg Sankey, as the commissioner of the SEC, said, hey, we're either going to go with, uh, what is it, the one and seven or the three and six? where you have either one regular opponent or you have three regular opponents, and then we rotate. And he asked each program through its either AD or president in conjunction with their coaches to put together a list of the five teams they would want in their bracket, slash pod, slash however you want to describe it. And knowing that you're not going to get five, at least five teams that you'd be intrigued with, knowing number one for each one might be different too. But Oklahoma, we put Texas one. We put LSU two, I did, A&M three, and Arkansas four. But I don't I don't know who my fourth would be or my fifth would be. I know who mine is. Who's yours? Is it Missouri? No. Alabama? It's Alabama. Don't run from the giant. Embrace the giant. You want to play Alabama every single year. It's fun. It's made for TV. It's a battle of blue bloods. You don't get closer to Alabama by only playing them every other season and hosting them once every four. True. You find out by lining up across uh, Alabama every single year and figuring out, okay, what the heck does it take to beat these guys on a regular basis? Just the experience for Norman alone to know that every other year Alabama's coming here to Norman to play football. Are you kidding me? That that would be great. If I had to rank them one through five, mm-hmm. Texas, again, we've discussed, would be yeah. one. Arkansas, for me, makes makes sense as a natural replacement in terms of a rivalry for Oklahoma State. And then I'm I'm pretty torn on three and four. You could you could sway me either way. I said LSU three for me, and AM was fourth, Alabama fifth. Could you imagine what the the depths of those conversations are like? I mean, let's just, okay, let's turn this to another team. You're Alabama. You're Nick Saban. You're sitting down with Greg Byrne, and I don't know if the president's involved in it. All right, Coach, we get five. Um, Who's our number one? Do we want to put to make sure that our regular game every year with Tennessee is still played? Or do we want to replace that? Do we want to make sure that the Iron Bowl is played every year? You know, who would be their one? Which is why I don't think they're going to the one and eight. I think they're doing the three and – or the one and seven, excuse me. I think they're doing the three and six because there are teams that have a bevy of, of I guess you could say, rivals, though. The guys in Bama insist that Alabama-Auburn, while it's a rival, it's in the same vein as Bedlam, where you their words on Alabama-Auburn, not mine, you don't gain anything by beating Auburn, you're supposed to. But if you're Alabama, okay, well, Tennessee, 
Auburn, then, I mean, LSU. Then what? Wh- it's just wild to think what they might look like. And to the nine one eight who just texted in, is Vanderbilt on every team's list? Maybe that. And in fairness to Vanderbilt, they are terrible at football. But Nashville's a, a great city. It's a great town. Tennessee's a in that area of Tennessee. It don't it don't blow it up. So it wouldn't. I mean, it would definitely be trying to get yourself a cupcake on your schedule. But it's not out of the realm of possibility that that's a trip that people want to go on. For the 405, here's mine in this order off the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Texas, Arkansas, Missouri, A&M, and LSU. So he has LSU on – or she has LSU on that list, but they have it a little bit further down than I do. I would love to know, A, if this legitimately happened, and B, what Josie's list looked like. Right? Did he – and, and maybe even in that, in talking with Brent Venables, does he have that mindset, Josh, that you do, where I'm not going to sit here and, and try to sugarcoat anything. Let's go attack. Let's do it. Let's get after it. Let's, let's, let's say we want Bama in our bracket. Let's say we want Georgia. Now, I don't think you want them both. You don't want to worry about playing both of them every year. But listen, LSU is only two years removed from a national championship as well. You. This is why part of the reason you're going to the SEC. I mean, it just it is to play these schools on a regular basis instead of once in a college football playoff where they've embarrassed you. It's you close the gap by week after week playing schools like this and figuring out again what's it going to take to beat these types of opponents when it matters. What will it take? The Alabama thing's fascinating and. You know, if Tennessee was their their number one pick, it's a good case study, like you said, why it's not going to be the one and seven model because that's great. And Alabama, if that's what their administration, if that's what they would sell is, ah, we don't care about the Auburn game. Tennessee is the one we want. Or LSU, whichever other direction that they would want to go. Probably Tennessee if it's not Auburn, right? Mm, You're right. You know who does care? About the Iron Bowl? Auburn fans? Well, yes, Auburn fans. (laughs) But the SEC office, right? Uh, Sure. Television executives Mm -hmm. care about the Iron Bowl. It rates. And so when you've got that, and you know what else rates? Alabama LSU. I mean, that's an exciting, exciting game. So to me, it just makes way too much sense to go with the three and six model where you have three permanent opponents, you know you're getting the Iron Bowl every year, you know you're getting Alabama-Tennessee every year, you know you're getting Alabama-LSU every year, on and on and on. And we could do this for every single team in the SEC. You just, you know, you're going to play everybody every other year, you know, with the the 3-6 format. So it just, again, it makes way too much sense to do that, and from a television inventory perspective, which don't kid yourself, that's what all of this is about. It's why Oklahoma and Texas to the SEC was wildly attractive for that league and for Greg Sankey and for those administrators and presidents. You're going to have three permanent opponents. That's that's where we're going to wind up. Quick break. You guys can hit us up with your five on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. I see, guys, I see a true suit. I'm going to get to you. Right when we come back, 405-329-9000. That's the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. Hit us up, 405-329-9000. This 
is The Plank Show. This hour of The Plank Show is brought to you by Allison Insurance, Health, Life, Medicare Supplements, and more. Call Bob or Robert at 405-745-2968 or allisoninsurance.com. All right, welcome back into the show. Let's get to the phones, 405-329-9000. 405-329-9000, that's the Riverwind Casino line. True Sooner. It's been a minute, True. How you doing, man? Good to hear from you. Oh, you know, just been a little bit under the weather, but I'm back. Uh, so that if you have Alabama in there and you have LSU in there every year, there goes your marquee uh, non-conference game, right? Wouldn't you say? I don't know. Uh, I don't yeah, think that's don't a guarantee. So. Yeah. I, I mean, can't imagine scheduling. I can't imagine having an Ohio State or a Notre Dame or, you know, somebody like that, along with along with Arkansas and and Alabama and LSU and Texas. <laughs> oh, sorry, stupid microphone. My, my my use my mute button to cough so much. I've now broke my mute button on my mixer. Um, here's the thing, though, true. The playoffs are going to expand. So this idea that every season has to be pristine and perfect is going to go by the wayside, right? Um, And you're playing in a conference where your power is going to be there. So, I mean, and and honestly, you start looking ahead, what we've got Nebraska this year, Georgia next year, and Georgia's supposed to be coming to Norman next year. Right. Um, Right. So, I mean – I don't think you'll see them going away from the 25 matchup with Michigan or, you know, the future matchups with Nebraska or, you know, Clemson in 2035 and beyond. I, I think they'll embrace it. I really do. You know, Arkansas is my pick just because, I, I don't know, it's been probably 15 years ago ESPN ran a poll and they said, what are the 20 greatest rivalries that aren't? And OU Arkansas was number one. Um, and now Arkansas was better then, uh, then, and they are, you know, than they've been lately. Uh, of course, they've gotten a little bit better the last years too. But I'm, right. I'm just saying that was, to me, that's an obvious no-brainer going to Fayetteville uh, every other year, coming over here every other year. To me, that's, and yeah, it's a replacement for OSU basically. But I, I was going to tell you, you were talking about you, you were talking about doing your your game remotely uh-huh. last night. You know. So, I, so I'm, you know, I work in the postal service. I, I have a theory. I totally believe, and, and bear with me for a second. I totally believe that malls will be gone in ten years. Uh, the malls, as we know it, are on their way out the door just because of people ordering everything online. And if you've been in a mall lately, you can see that it's it's a scaled down version. There's hardly anything in there. People, you know, people are doing stuff all online now, and these 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 brick and mortar stores are having trouble paying their bills because people aren't coming in. They're doing everything online. Right. Well, my wife's a nurse. My wife's a nurse, and the future, they're already doing this in hospitals. The future is you, if you're in the hospital, you may be in the hospital at home. What? I mean, they're going to send they, – they're sending people home with IVs, and, you know, you've got an iPad with a direct link to your doctor and you're, because hospitals are trying to save money, uh, you know, by – Healthcare is changing as you know. In the next ten years, it's going to be totally different as it is now. And and I think my question to you is with with what you did last night. I mean, is that the way of the future? That no. I mean, does, 
if if you have if you have ten screens around not ten screens, but let's say you Chris Plank have five screens around you, do you really need to be there? Can I tell you why I don't think it's future and true? I'm glad you fought through today. I can feel it and hear it in okay. your voice. Way to battle. I don't think that's I'll, the future. Appreciate you, I had, I, you know, two, two and a half years I didn't get the COVID, and here I've got it. So, Championship COVID. Yeah. Thanks for the call, True. I appreciate it. See you, man. See you, buddy. Right. I don't think that there is a future in remote broadcast for colleges like Power Five conferences. I just don't. It's it's risky, and there is value to being on site. There really is. You get to get a feel for how things are going. You get a feel for the vibe of the team. I mean, I would. Could you imagine if they're like, "Oh, you got to call Omaha remotely. You got to call the College World Series remotely." It just you. It, it wouldn't have that same umph. So, I tell you something, man. It's not the future because it sucks. That's why. I mean, it, and by the way, I still like malls, Josh. I enjoy going to a mall. You know one of my favorite things to do whenever I'm healthy? I like to go to the Norman Mall. Yeah, I said it. Walk around. Now, granted, it's, the tea place isn't really my thing. Have you been recently to the Norman Mall? It's been a minute since I've been to Sooner Mall. I, I, I don't know when the last time I would have been in, but I like, yeah, I like shopping I like at mall. the mall too. I do. You always you stop at the Great Cookie Factory. And you're like, uh, should I? Okay, I won't. Auntie Anne's is what usually <laughs> reels me in. Auntie Anne's is my daughter's go-to. So whenever she gets her cup of pretzel bites, I of course got to get the cinnamon sugar ones, right? So I'll stand here and I'll fight for malls for goodness sakes. Maybe it's the Gen Xer in me. I don't know. But I love malls. I love going to malls. Ask my wife. It's a weird thing. I guess going to the Alton Mall whenever I was a little kid, I loved – I met my wife at Promenade Mall. So it's just – that. that's how I roll. But remote broadcast? No, they're for the birds. I get it. They're more affordable. You don't have to pay for a hotel room or to travel a crew. Could we see them used in certain instances to save some money? Yeah, ESPN I think is using it a little bit more. But it – sucks it's it's the worst because you're either doing it on like a skype or a zoom and then you never remember your password you got to get your password and by the time they get it set up something might not work maybe your focus right isn't functional whatever it is it just no it's not the future i gotta hope not josh (laughs) because there are some things that have become the future that i kind of thought sucked it's kind of become a little bit the future and the present that Ugh. there are more remote broadcasts, but in terms of the, the biggest events right. and the biggest moments, I don't think that that will ever truly catch on because, again, like you said, mm. being there's just a premium on being at the venue, walking down, sure. talking to the coaches – Seeing everything in the environment. To describe the environment, you have to be in the environment. It's so hard. And then there was a couple of times. You can't tell how hard the balls hit off the bat. It's impossible. But, yeah, thanks, Drew. I appreciate it. Now, to his original point, the five, there's been some really good submissions on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, including this, Josh, from the 918. And if you're just tuning in, little show reset. 
Uh, I was bringing up how I was on a, an Alabama-based radio station yesterday. I was with our buddy Ryan Fowler in Tuscaloosa, and he had brought up that it's out there, and I hadn't seen it anywhere, but that Greg Sankey basically told every single member to say, hey, give me the list of the five teams if we do one and seven, or if we do three and six, you know, let's have a list of one through five. You're not going to get all of them, but just to kind of get an idea as to who you would like to be in your quote-unquote regular set schedule. And we tried to do our five for Oklahoma, and I did like this from the 918 because I thought of LSU from a recruiting perspective. But how about this? From recruiting, don't you think Florida would be on BV's list? He's already made the Sunshine State a priority. It's a pretty good one, Josh, isn't it? It's great, yeah. And that totally throws regionality by the wayside, which in some ways just joining the SEC in general sure. does that. But So that that's why they weren't toward the top of my list. Right. Tennessee, Georgia, I mean, any of those types of schools, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, all super, super attractive. Mm. I... I wonder, because you talk about throwing regionality out the window, I wonder how much it does matter, right? How much does it matter for the for the SEC? I mean, is it important for them to have a bridge to their westernmost outpost in Columbia, Missouri? Is it important for schools to look at travel budgets, right? And again, we're talking about, you know, you're – you're making $100 million more than you did, so maybe that travel budget isn't as big of a concern as it once is, but you still like to minimize costs across the board when you can. Because to me, and I'm thinking beyond football here, football flies everywhere. Hell, football flies to Dallas now. But if you're just talking a bus trip, there's not a lot of them in the, in the SEC. Have you ever tried to drive to Columbia, Missouri? It's not close. Fayetteville? I mean, I guess College Station is as close as Columbia, Missouri, but they're still really long trips. So you're pretty much flying everywhere anyway. So I don't know if there is regionality concerns that would factor in on this front. Do you? Will they? I think it does, yes. If not for football, then just across the board – all of the all of the sports if if again this whatever the permanent opponents wind up being if it's the the three permanent opponents format right. plank that also sets up again we've discussed this in the past that sets up for basketball to where you'd have three permanent opponents that you play a home and home with and then you would play everybody else in the league and boom there's uh there's your conference schedule and it adds up real nicely and easily to, uh, I believe, a number of 18 conference games. So from that standpoint, probably you want a little bit of regionality to it. Same thing for softball, baseball, you name it, those types of sports. But it doesn't, I guess, have to be uniform. I mean, you could do something in football, and that doesn't have to be the case for the other sports. Yeah, and I don't think there has to be anything across the board. I don't. I don't think it has. Well, we do this in football, so, and, and you can't because – Again, not every school plays every sport, but we're talking about the big dogs, right? Football, basketball, baseball, and softball. But I think each can be unique. 
Fascinating angle. Tweets, text, keep them coming. They're really good. We'll get to them next. We taking our bottom of the hour break yet? We are due for a T.O. How do I always forget the 30 after break? It's unbelievable. It's 1036. Uh, the Warriors are champs, but let's get our focus back on baseball. We'll hear a little bit from Clay Van Hook next. This is the Plank Show with Plank and Josh on the home of Sooner fans. Going back to the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Any big plans this weekend, Josh, or are you all in on college baseball? All in on college baseball. Can't wait. Love it. Can't wait for this afternoon, just the entirety of this College World Series. And other than that, we've got U.S. Open going on and the Gimme Zone at 10 to noon on Saturday. So that'll be fun and probably just hanging out, man. I listened to a whole podcast yesterday. Um, but is it No Layup? The guys, is that the name of the podcast? It's a very popular golf podcast. No Laying Up, yes. No Laying Up, thank you. No Layup. Was this basketball? They're going to swat people on the layup line. Uh, but it was really interesting on the on the live golf conversation. And it's cool to see that move to the back seat a little bit <laughs> because there are events that are going on right now. Like, I don't know the U S open, but it always seems as if it's kind of in the back of everyone's mind. I, okay. I won't open that Pandora's box here, but let's just say, I don't see how it can be a sustainable business model, but these dudes insist that it is because, and the only way that could change it is if the Saudi Arabian family that's in charge of, I guess, running the country, unless they somehow come out of power and they decide they're going to go in another direction. But there's no, I guess, Josh, there's no issue with cash when it comes to this. Yeah, and I don't know how how much they care to necessarily turn a profit from the Live Golf League, which if that's your mindset, True. then it could have some staying power. Hey, here's a dumb question, though. Why golf? I mean, if you're thinking about a professional entity where you could really upset the apple cart and do it in a way that, I don't know, you, you, you might actually be able to turn a profit, why wouldn't you try something like MMA or, or why wouldn't you maybe try a different – golf, though, is just – I don't know. It, it seems odd that you would invest unless it's a big golf community, and maybe it is. It's a good question. I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that. You're my golf guy. You're supposed to tell me. Now we all got to have these geopolitical stances, too, whenever you're a golfer. Yes, yes, you do. Not only do you have to care about golf, Josh, you must have a political take on this. Go ahead. All right. Oh, you psycho. Welcome to the show. What's up, psycho? Uh... Uh, just been driving around this morning looking for donuts and coffee. That's how I caught you on the radio this morning. Good on you. Where'd you decide to go? I ended up at Daylight Donuts and Crest for my coffee. I was in Edmond, so. Oh, okay. Daylight Donuts, you cannot go wrong. I'm, I'm a oh, big fan. Gosh. I don't think I've had a bad Daylight Donut before. Have you? I don't think so, no. No, I, I drive 20 miles out of the way just to go get them. So. Good call. By the way, being up at 5.30 in the morning, though, bro, that's a little bit earlier yeah. than chasing donuts and stuff. By the way, Josh, yeah. he was the one who reported the fun sucker uh, verbal <laughs> miscue that I had. Say it with the slowly, people. That's right. I really slow down and pause. I, I heard him talking about it, so I, but I didn't hear it. So, um, I had a personal question. Do you Did you actually have to buy a horse for your barrel racing? Good question. Um. Uh, yes and no. 
So oh, okay, we we didn't necessarily have to because where my daughter was being trained or getting lessons, they always have horses. But you're supposed to create. Now, listen, I just want to make this very clear. Oh, you psycho. True horse owners, those of you who have a farm that wear boots and cowboy hats and understand all this stuff, I know how dumb I sound, okay? You don't need to correct me. I get it. But my understanding was this. It was good to have a horse so she could get comfortable with it, develop a relationship with it, and hopefully they would work together. Now, it's not a true barrel horse, but it's it's perfect for her. So that's how it worked out for me. Cool, cool. Hey, I had just one other question, and I'll take it off the air. Do you guys see any future in virtual reality streaming of sporting events? And I'll take it off the air. Thanks. I'm not real familiar with the VR world. I see all the commercials for it, and I see all the the TikToks and Instagrams where someone's playing the game, and then you scare them where they fall through the TV or something. Uh, I'm intrigued by it, Josh. That's for certain. Uh, It's fascinating how they can – they have the technology now to where you could put on a – a pair of goggles and you're basically sitting in the front row. Did I just say goggles VR? I guess you could say goggle like vision glasses. And it's like, you're sitting at a game, but I'll be honest with you. I haven't really dug too terribly much into it, but I think it's an interesting market. Yeah. I don't know that that's just going to be the future of how everybody takes in a sporting event, but I could see it being a little bit of a niche market. Sure. For for you know really, really diehard fans that are willing to go the extra mile and invest in that. The the thing about it is like a TV broadcast these days, Plank, is so good. <laughs> right. That and that's only getting better. I can see where, sure, the natural progression for some would be a virtual reality experience where you're getting the panoramic view of the stadium. I just, I don't know. And maybe I'm dead wrong on this, but I don't see the casual fan wanting wanting or caring to go much further than kind of what they already get from the TV broadcast. It's interesting because I I don't know how it looks. And I know that sounds cheesy and corny but it's true is anytime i try to watch a movie in like 4d i get sick (laughs) i mean it's like i don't want this i don't be whipping around like this i just want to watch the movie and i can't help but wonder if it'd be a strain or i'm an old man now right I'm, i'm in my late 40s so i think of things like this when i have wings i worry about indigestion josh but yeah that's a good question when i think about the next kind of wave where sports is going now i don't think vr josh i i think increased streaming is what i think i think finding more ways to integrate gambling and and sports gaming into the sports world and by the way maybe i should add to it on site i think that you're gonna see a time when you can go to an oklahoma city thunder game and hey maybe at some point an ou football game or as you're going to your seat, there it is. The There's the Riverwind Casino kiosk, and you walk up to it, and you boom, 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 put in your $20 bet for the three different parlays you want to play or something yep. of that nature. That's where I – when I think about the future, that's what I think of. I think on the broadcasting side, I just think it's where the games are going to be carried more than anything else, right? Indeed. How big of an influence does streaming continue to be? Who's the first league 
to sign up with the streaming company. And, you know, like we see Oklahoma's got a big partnership with ESPN Plus, but, you know, the Big Ten or somebody, are they going to sign on with Amazon? What does that look like? Or the National Football League now has Thursday nights on Amazon. What direction does all of that go across the board? I think is very, very intriguing. Quick break. Let's wrap up hour number two with some of your air comfort solutions text. A lot of good stuff on the five teams you would put on your list to potentially join you in regular scheduling. I feel like I'm missing something on the show today, Josh. I mean, we keep trying to get to World Series talk, but you guys have been good on the phones. What am I leaving out? U.S. Open. U.S. Open. But then again, the text line has explained to us that golf is unimportant. Dude, I get crushed so often that I had to block somebody anytime we bring up golf. It's like, dude, okay, we get it. You don't like golf. But it's it's one of four majors. I think we're going to be okay. Quick break. It's Plank Show. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. All right, let's roll through these quick with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Are you liking it in the studio, Josh, or no? I'm digging it. Absolutely. It's weird not to see you, though. Like, I wanted to see the uncomfort in your face whenever I wanted to get your take on why people are mad about the Saudis backing golf and people don't care about the Chinese involvement in the NBA. Josh, your thoughts? (laughs) Yes, that is a little uncomfortable to dive into those types of subjects. Um, From the 214, yes, on Alabama, you need to have a non-regional. Could you... Could the third be based on power ranking? Save your team as a high power factor. You get a third team like Vanderbilt. And again, I think that this was part of the information gathering process. And if you're new to the show, you haven't listened today, uh, we're bringing up, which I I still, Josh, I haven't been able to find an official report on this anywhere, but I was on an Alabama radio station. They told me that the SEC had asked for each school to give the five teams that they would want and, you know, narrow it down to three or if it's just going to be one regular opponent that you have and when we went through our list of five somehow Alabama popped up on a few people's list and uh, at least in this instance they're like yeah you gotta have that in there you have to but I can't see if this has been an official report anywhere it's an official unofficial report I like it from our friends out in Alabama the third being based on power rankings I mean that's Mm. that's interesting but I think a little too messy Someone points out that Vince Scully used to call Dodger games remotely from the ticker and use sound effects. Yes. Yes, he did. And you know where I first saw that actually happen in person? The movie Bull Durham. So it really happened. As soon as you join the SEC, writes the 580, the entire country is open for the Sooners. Well, I would argue, Josh, that the entire country is always open for the Sooners when it comes to football recruiting. Right? Indeed, but it's the move world. to the SEC helps really open the door to Georgia and Florida. And this is, I think, in response to the idea, hey, what about Florida being one of your permanent opponents? That sure. way you can really get into the Sunshine State. When Brent Venables and this coaching staff has seemingly made it one of their larger recruiting emphases. And I kind of agree with this texter. You know, even if you don't have Florida as a permanent opponent, 
the way this thing, I think, is going to be set up with a 3-6 model, you're seeing Florida every other season right. anyways and twice over you know, a signee's four-year period in Norman. But it would be whether it's Georgia or Florida. Now all of a sudden, if they're a permanent opponent, yeah, I mean, four is greater than twice. Uh, regionality writes the 580 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Regionality makes a big difference to fan bases for travel and familiarity. Agreed. What happens to OU Wrestling writes the 405. There's no SEC in wrestling. Do they stay in the Big 12? From what I understand, there's a handful of options. Missouri has a solid wrestling program. They went to the MAC when they moved to the SEC, but Missouri's about to return to the Big 12, so I don't know if Oklahoma will stay in the Big 12 recruiting-wise. They could go to the MAC. The Pac-12 is apparently making a big push to upgrade their uh, wrestling portfolio, but you would think regionality matters a lot in, in wrestling. I would say they likely stay in the Big 12. And one more on our Live Golf conversation uh, golf is more of a why a worldwide sport, in my opinion. Well, in that case, soccer, then, right? But I am just I'm wondering if you're spending to try to challenge the PGA, why not challenge UFC? Well, and they might have gotten a thanks, but no thanks on that's, something like soccer. That's true. All right, quick break. Top five stories of the day brought to you by Newcastle Casinos next. Hey, Sooner fans, we've got you covered. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. No, we don't get a break. <laughs> this is the home of Sooner fans. The Red Sports Radio Network. We are under an hour and 30 minutes from the pregame show on the Sooner Radio Network for OU Baseball, the College World Series. Anticipation building here on the ref. You, uh... I learned a little bit about it. We get the top five stories of the day brought to you by Newcastle Casino here in just a bit, and Josh will tell you who Hour 3 is brought to you by in a moment. But I got to tell you something. I watched, I watched that Texas A&M press conference yesterday. What a likable guy Jim Schlossnagel is. And we happen to just catch it at the perfect point, right? The whole SEC, it just means more, the challenge of it. Schlossnagel says, listen, I'm not here to make anyone mad, but baseball means a lot to the people in Fort Worth. There's just more people that, that are alums of and follow Texas A&M. I thought that was a pretty cool moment. Yeah, it's a, a good response by him to not, now that you're at A&M, just ruffle the feathers of everybody from where you, you came from. Good, good rule of thumb that we've discussed in the past on this show. Just because you leave somewhere for a great new opportuni- oh, opportunity preach. doesn't mean you have to S all over the opportunity in the place you were at before. It's okay to like and care about multiple places and at the same time love the new place you're at. I guess I've just, in my life, I've been, I've been, I've not really been someone that's jumped around to many jobs, have I? but I've been around people that have jumped around to other jobs. And inevitably it's, well, that place, <laughs> Good luck. Sorry for you treating me like this. I'm like, ah, sorry. Um, it's been pretty good for me. Um, but when you leave somewhere, it doesn't always have to be hostile. 
You don't have to be taking everything off the wall that someone before you accomplished. And I thought that was really cool. I'm excited for this matchup. I really am. Oklahoma, Texas A&M coming up at 1 o'clock. But before we get to the top five stories of the day, Josh, uh, Hour 3, as always, is brought to you by... Well, thank you so very much for asking. It's brought to us by Roof Tech of Oklahoma. Give Josh Tucker and the crew over at Roof Tech a call for all of your roofing needs. 405-703-4245. Locally owned and operated for 30 years. All right. Um, what do you say we get after it? Big. St- oh, wait. Hold on. This is on me. I forgot I've taken over this responsibility with Josh in the studio. I'm trying to make things easy for the intern with big story number five. Number five. <laughs> And the top five stories of the day are brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Real, we're real gamers play. All right. Um, did I say gamers, gamblers? Whatever. You name it. You got it. Newcastle Casino. You're not a WWE fan, correct, Josh? So I can't wow you with my stories of meeting Stephanie McMahon last week, right? No, but you could wow me with some of the stories that have been coming out about Vince McMahon. Breaking news! Vincent K. McMahon is stepping down from his role as CEO and chairman of the WWE during an investigation into a report that he agreed to pay hush money to a former employee over an alleged affair. WWE said in a release that a special committee of the board is conducting an investigation into alleged misconduct by its chairman, and CEO Vincent McMahon, and John Laurinaitis, head of talent relations, and that effective immediately, McMahon has voluntarily stepped back from his responsibilities as CEO and chairman of the board until the conclusion of the investigation. Uh, He will be quiet. See, this is where I'm like, whoa, I thought Vince McMahon just ran everything. (laughs) There's a board. What do you mean? He's the chairman of the board. He's Vince McMahon. I probably watch wrestling too much, or at least I did. Uh, Now, he will retain his role. Wait, hold on. McMahon is cooperating with the inquiry and will retain his role and responsibilities related to WWE's creative content during the period. He is also scheduled to appear on SmackDown tonight. Josh, this is all a work. It's all a work. It's all a work. WWE... Bravo. I mean, when when you think the wrestling business can't bamboozle you, and I don't mean this in a bad way, it's art. It's theater. You're telling me that a guy is, has voluntarily stepped back from his responsibilities as CEO, but yet he's retaining his creative content responsibilities, and he's showing up on TV tonight? <laughs> right. He's showing up as a part of the event tonight. Yeah, I mean, completely made for TV. Stephanie McMahon, who was last seen celebrating an Oklahoma Sooners softball championship in OKC last Thursday night, will serve as the interim CEO and chairwoman she had announced last month that she was taking a leave of absence. Oh, we've all been bamboozled. All right. uh, Anyway, I could sit here and talk about this all day long, but we'll get to big story number four. Number four. All right, let's get after it. Give me zone tomorrow morning. We still doing 10 to noon tomorrow morning, Josh? 10 to noon tomorrow morning. Can't wait to uh, get out to Westwood tomorrow for the give me zone. We'll be, we'll be fun, and we'll see. I mean, by the time we boot things off with our show tomorrow, we're going to have a good idea. We're going to know what the leaderboard is, the at least important pieces of it, heading into 
moving day on Saturday. And we'll be making picks. Would love to hear from everybody else out there what they think is going to happen over this championship weekend. That will be six players are currently tied for the lead at three under. It has not been a pretty day so far on the course. But Nick Hardy has moved up 13 spots. He's at two under right now. But, of course, a clubhouse leader, well, I mean, he is now that he's three under, is uh, Rory McIlroy because, let's see, who had jumped up to the top of the leaderboard? He's, he's moved down quite a was it, it wasn't Fitzpatrick, was it? Oh, um, wow. Tough start for Adam Hadwin. Who the is, Canadian. Who is four over on the day. He's dropped 22 spots. Dustin Johnson, after a first round 68, is two over on the day. Justin Thomas is two over on the day. Justin Rose is three over on the day. And all around, it's been an ugly, ugly day on the leaderboard for several of the names who were near the top yesterday. Speaking of names near the top yesterday, Rory. Overall, a really good day. You know, had some really good par savers, um, hit the ball pretty well. And, um, you know, it's a great start to the tournament. The projected cut line right now, Josh, is plus two. Yeah, I mean, what you expect, right, from a U.S. Open is it's not going to get more scorable. I mean, we might have – we'll see how this weekend plays out, but we might have seen the scorable day be on Thursday in this tournament. Though Brooks Kepka is giving that notion a little bit of a run for its money. He is, uh, after eagling the par Whoa. 5 14th, he is – he's – Carded a couple of birdies on his back nine today to go with that eagle. He's four under for his round and now one under par for the tournament. So he's the one making the biggest charge here on this uh, Friday. How did I miss that on the leaderboard? Good job. Uh, ben Lorenz, the Oklahoma Sooner, is he's in trouble, plus 10 on the tournament, plus three on the day. I saw Chris Goderup recovered quite nicely after a tough start. To his round yesterday, I think he was at plus five the last I checked. So, again, that's not in making the cut range. Yeah, here he is. He's plus three. He tees off in about two hours from now. I mean, he was five over at one point. Steele and I were trading text like, oh, no. But he's bounced back. He's actually on the verge whenever he plays. Tony Finau's had a nice day, Josh. He is even par through 15. He's three over on the tournament. Uh, but as you mentioned, I guess you say all eyes right now on a Patrick Reed, who's one under on the day. He's one under for the tournament. Anna Brooks Kepka, who's making a little bit of noise. Nick Hardy, Caleb Taren, David Ligmuth, Ligmuth, excuse me, Rory McIlroy, and Joel Dahman all at, uh, tied atop the leaderboard at three under right now. Where is Kepka? Why am I not seeing him? He's a little bit further down. He's one under overall for the championship. Ah. Scotty Scheffler, the Masters champion, two under par right now today and two under for the tournament. There he is, Brooks Kepka. Ooh, they've got Kepka now. What hole do you have him on? I've got him on hole 15. All right, through 16, he's three under on the day. Even so par. That's what uh, ESPN.com has him at. So, we'll see. I'm, I wouldn't mind seeing him make a run in this, right? No doubt. Former back-to-back uh, -back U.S. Open champion. So, the USGA, I'm sure, so long as uh, he doesn't go to the Live Golf League, I'm sure they'd like to see Brooks, uh, Brooks Kepka as a champion again. 
This is really good. Uh, the Live Golf Tour is the AEW of golf. See, Josh, you don't get that, but fantastic. Fantastic. Though I think the cons are much more likable uh, than the Saudis. All right, anything else to add? Conditions, anything that's caught your eye before we move on to big story number three? Um, no, I just can't wait to watch this weekend, and I hope to hear from all of you on the Gimme Zone tomorrow, which will be a full golf show, and you can hit us up on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. We would love that. Number three. All right, so uh, this is all you. This is all your big story. I've had my say, and I hate that he took the high road. But Patrick Mahomes yesterday was asked about Tyreek Hill's comments. I'm surprised a, a little um, just because I feel like we, we love Tyreek here. We've always loved him. We still love him. I saw him out at Formula One in Miami. I mean, I'm sure it had something to do with trying to get his podcast some, some stuff and get it rolling. Um, but uh, definitely, I still love Tyreek. He's one of a kind player. But uh, as you know, in Coach Reed's offense, it takes the whole team. I mean, this offense was rolling before I got here. This offense was rolling when I was a young Cowboy fan watching the Eagles beat up on the Cowboys. So, I mean, it's, a, it's an offense that's more than one player, and that includes myself. Which, by the way, every single Cowboy fan perked up at that. Uh, Mahomes then added. I haven't talked to him since the podcast um, that came out. It's, uh, it's something where I'm sure he's trying to, he's trying to show that he, he, he loves where he's at in Miami. Um, he, he, he loves his teammates. Um, but at the end of the day, man, it's just going out there and playing football, and you kind of let other people talk about who's the best and all that different type of stuff. You just want to go out there and win football games at the end of the day. I hate that he took the high road, Josh. I hate, but that was so good. What a great response to the criticism that Tyreek Hill threw out. A master class right there in public relations, not just from Patrick Mahomes, but really from Kansas City in general. I mean, right? I, it, that's how you – try to put this story to bed. Oh, we love Tyreek Hill. We miss Tyreek Hill. He's trying to promote his podcast. We get that. I've talked to Tyreek Hill in the past. Haven't talked to him recently, but wish him nothing but the best. Boom, story's dead, gone. Yep. It is. It doesn't become any bigger. You've just killed this story. Well, and and then if you react, it becomes even a bit there's so many different angles. Is Patrick Mahomes shook because he said he doesn't think Tyreek Hill has a right to call him that. You're, and it becomes this narrative that spins out of control. What did he do? He shut it down. Shut it down yesterday. Though I would argue, I mean, that the offense was good without you, Patrick. But, I mean, Josh, you're the Chiefs fan. I feel like it's another level right now with Patrick Mahomes engineering it. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. But that, I mean, that's what you say, right? You you give Andy Reid credit. You talk about his past, and, and it was you know that final year with Alex Smith. They were they were really good offensively, good team, except yeah. when it counted. <laughs> oh, was that the was that the Titans loss in the playoffs? Was that the year where Marcus Mariota batted a pass to himself and scored? Yeah, yeah, that oh, sounds gosh, correct. Final straw. There. Number two. Listen, not going to be a show that we spend a lot of time talking about the NBA Finals when they don't involve the Oklahoma City Thunder. But last night, the Golden State Warriors did it again. I haven't heard the final call yet. Let's see how our boy did. Let the celebration begin with four titles in the last eight years. The run is not done. The Golden State Warriors, once again, are NBA champions in 2022. Maybe there's just this whole been there, done that mindset to it. But you, you're on the road. You would think there'd be a little bit more juice to it. I mean, I probably would have jumped up and turned around and gave a DX crotch chop 
to some of these Celtic fans the way they were acting. Who was it from Golden State? It wasn't Bob Myers. And I, I mean, obviously, it wasn't Steve Kerr either. Who was it that got up there and like made the comment about Boston on the podium? Was it? Was it Iguodala? No, was, it was. Oh, okay. It was part of the ownership. Oh, it was their or, owner. Hold on, I have that. I actually have that pulled up. And in fact, I had completely forgot about it. And he did the mock Boston accent that was terrible, but it was funny because it was at Boston. Yeah, it was Peter Goober, is how you say his name. And oh, geez, I can't. Does he cuss? No, 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 no. Because it says, it says if I click on it, it could have sensitive material. So I hope this. Okay, let's listen to it. This is. This, does the intern know how to use the dump button just in case? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't the most promising response, but we'll, we'll go with it. It's so special. Makes it special. He never give up, never give in, go all the way. On the parquet floor, two Boston guys win it at the Garden. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. By the way, I realized why I said sensitive content on it, because it was from a Celtic site. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a trigger warning for Boston fans. So Goober became uh, – a part owner of the Warriors with Joe Lacob in 2010. He is also part owner of the Dodgers and the MLS LA Football Club. I know that there's probably some Celtics fans that think he's the biggest jerk of all time and he's a total loser in this and that, but... Come on, that's awesome. It's fun, right? I mean, if you are if you could be impartial about it, which sometimes in sports, not so easy always to do that, that's what we want. On the championship podium, right? We like a little personality. Yeah. Oh, I agree 100%. I loved it. Meanwhile, afterwards, I don't think NBA people can ever tell us they're not petty again. Uh, don't try to tell me that you don't watch the media or that you don't pay attention to things. Right, Steph Curry? There's a lot of conversations about who we were as a team and what we were capable of and clearly remember some experts and talking heads putting up the big zero of how many championships we would have going forward because of everything that we went through so we hear all of that and you carry it all and try to maintain your purpose not let it uh distract you but you carry that that weight and to get here it all comes out so it's, it's uh it's special hey i think i figured out who's watching all this nba programming that espn crams down our throat. yeah it's kevin durant steph curry <laughs> I mean, I'm literally watching this morning, and at one point, I feel like Kendra Perk was like, bro, I, I don't know what else. I mean, I've been talking nonstop about this stuff. What more can I say? They won the game. Like, what more do you need from Kendrick Perkins? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our set. We are joined right now by Jalen Rose, Kendrick Perkins, Stephen A. Smith, Michael Wilbon. I'm Mike Greenberg, who's talked for three days on the end. I mean, it's like, listen, we reach a point where it's like, hey, they won. There's not really too much more to debate. Were you watching the any of the pregame building up last night? So I was I was calling the softball game, but I had it on, so I saw it all, but oh. I didn't watch or like hear much of it. Okay, so you didn't you didn't see that piece where they were talking about the Brittany Griner situation? I now I did see that there was some awkward looks at different people. Did it get uncomfortable or something? Well, it was just a typical Greenberg moment and this devastating devastating news and next we're gonna break down this right. nba finals game it's like this, oh my it goodness. can't be the worst thing that's ever happened it's like and the future for Brittany griner 
hangs in the balance. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish you had back. seen that. You would have you would have gotten a kick out of it. When we come back, we're live here at the NBA. It's like uh, Arnie the other day. Let me give you a quick little example of that, by the way. Sidebar, no, we're running long. Sorry. Arnie yesterday, we've got four minutes left in this show. Four minutes. And he does his picks. And I have two audio cuts I want to play before we get out. But what does he do? He's like, hey, hey, Chris, real quick, before we get out of here, I just wanted to say, man, I feel – and it's a terrible story, right? Steve Sachs lost his son in a helicopter crash. Terrible story. And, I mean, literally, the guys, you know how much time you have left. And he's like, oh, I just want to make sure we brought up how sad we were about Steve Sachs and his son passing. I'm like, oh, dude, it's terrible. What a terrible story. And so I thought he was going to go with it. I thought he had something. He goes, yeah, I know. So he was just like. I can't. Thanks for the downer. I mean, first of all, I understand we want to get to it, but it's okay to end on that and let people marinate in it. The the Mike Greenberg thing is like, hey, Brittany Griner battling for her freedom. We'll see if she can get free. Coming up next. It's like, what? <laughs> what are we doing? Are, do you care or are we just segueing here? They probably should have gone straight to commercial. I, I, oh. It would make more sense if you had seen it. Number one. Number one. Number one. Newcastle Casino top five stories of the day. Big story number one, of course, is baseball. Oklahoma playing for a College World Series championship in pursuit of one for the first time since 1994. We got all kinds of audio. So the final 40 minutes, all a countdown to Oklahoma and Texas A&M, plus your air comfort solutions text. Coming up with Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank, the ref. Sports Radio Network. Stick around. This hour of the Plank Show is brought to you by RoofTech of Oklahoma. Locally owned and operated for 30 years. Call Josh Tucker at RoofTech for all your roofing needs. 405-703-4245. Welcome back into the Plank Show right here on the ref. With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. Josh, I just... uh, Pierce just broke a little news to me. Mackenzie Donahue? Tennessee, huh? Yeah, congratulations to her. Good landing spot. You know, you wish it had played out differently here at Oklahoma, but you thank her for being a part, a a big part, of the 2021 championship run with what she did in the Women's College World Series. And we know the type of impact performer she can be for Tennessee. Yeah, she can be. It's uh, it's interesting because that's the second Oklahoma transfer. Zeta Pooney went to Tennessee. Josh, I saw Zeta whenever we went to Palm Springs, and I didn't even recognize her. She had completely transformed. She looked incredible, had a really nice season as their starting third baseman. I know Donahue had made a trip to Clemson, and I uh, I don't know if maybe it came down to Clemson or Tennessee or if Clemson got eliminated or not, I, I don't know. But looks like Mackenzie Donahue is on her way to Tennessee. Good luck on that front. Um, you want to hit a couple of Air Comfort Solutions texts real quick before we get to the baseball stuff? Or I would you, love that. From the 918, I've heard, don't know if it's true, but the Saudis do have ownership in many European soccer teams, not as big and visible as their own league, obviously. I'm sure they're involved in a lot. Uh, Crimson 47 writes, hearing talk of a possible softball transfer 
visiting OU this weekend. Any intel on this or just rumors? Yeah, Crimson 47, I told you that yesterday. I've heard the same rumors you guys have. Here's the intel. As in Barnard? I Is she in the portal? <laughs> I, I don't know. I just I don't know that she is. It seems as if everyone keeps saying that, and I don't even know if, if she's truly in the in the portal. Well, if she's not, she probably should just, I don't know, go ahead and do that and come to Oklahoma. It, here's the thing, though, is who did we have on? We had Justin McLeod on this week, and he even said, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily know whether or not that's – and it wasn't a knock on Addison by any stretch of the imagination – but kind of competition she had played, sure. having a, a career year. You know, Patty told us yesterday that they're looking for more power. I just don't know if it's Addison Barnard. That, that would, if it is, great. She's a wonderful young woman, great talent, has a great chance. But I think I'd be looking more in the Pacific Northwest. Okay. That's just my hunch. Uh, let's see, a couple more here. Such a work. Vincent K. McMahon will die at the desk. The only person he'd consider selling it to is The Rock. I'm not going to – listen, I understand there's a New York Times article on this, and, and there's, I think, even a Wall Street Journal report. Not buying it. Not buying it. I'm telling you, it's all a work. Well, or at least Vincent McMahon is trying to – use it in that fashion right to to generate some extra interest i mean if you if you've got a messy situation out there in the public sphere and you know it's drumming up all sorts of other mm-hmm. other uh not good pieces of your past you, you know one final time a pr stunt here Payton hits us up right as a wichita state alum don't be taking addy b from us I don't think she's going anywhere. I watched Sydney McKinney last night. She looked good. She's back at Wichita State next year. There's a lot of reasons for the old shockers to be excited. And if Barnard ends up going somewhere else, so mo to be. Wouldn't mind seeing her in the Crimson and Cream. All right, so uh, keep the text flowing, 405-651-3439. Speaking of the Crimson and Cream, I saw this stat and it got me thinking, Josh, as we get set for today's game between Oklahoma and Texas A&M in the College World Series. Oklahoma's last home game at Mitchell Park was May 15th. Since then, the Sooners have posted a 12-4 and record while playing four straight weeks away from home. I thought to myself, wow, that seems like a long time. Do you realize in the World Series, they're one of three teams who have been on the road that long? Three of the eight. Uh, A&M had its own regional and super regional. Texas obviously had the Austin regional. Stanford, its own super regional and regional. And Auburn had its own regional but had to go on the road for the super regional, which, by the way, almost equally as as surprising. Only two of the teams in the College World Series hosted their super regional, A&M and Stanford, or at least were the original host. Oklahoma, along with Notre Dame, and Arkansas haven't played a home series since May 15th. Ole Miss hasn't played a home series since May 21st. Dude, there's just parity to the max for college baseball right now, right? It's great. And you've got multiple teams that feel like 
they're the hottest team in the country going into this, Oklahoma being one of them, with uh, obviously the tear that they've been on dating all the way uh, back to the five regular series, regular season series wins to end through the Big 12 tournament up up to Omaha now. You think about Texas A&M and Old Miss, neither one of uh, which has lost in either the regionals or super regional rounds so far. So there's a lot of teams that – feel like, again, they're playing their best baseball right here, right now. A couple of the numbers that jumped out to me about OU, Oklahoma, four yeah. or fewer runs in nine of the uh, 11 games since the start of the Big 12 uh, tournament championship, a three five five team ERA, and then 9.1 runs and 10.9 hits per game uh, over that same stretch, I believe, batting three ten. Not too shabby. Did you know that OU and A&M haven't met since 2012? Since they left. Holy smokes. I had no idea. I I was doing games. And, oh, my gosh. You know what? I remember the series. I, I did not realize. If you figure in baseball, right, you cross paths with somebody in some way, shape, or form. But in 2012... That was late in the season, and I want to say they were they were battling for the Big Twelve. Oh, it's uh, somewhat late in the season. It was April fifth. I want to say too, Dari Noka was on the call, was on the TV call of that game. How long has it been since Oklahoma and Texas A and M played each other? Jordan John was the starter for Oklahoma in one of those games. A&M's game two starter the last time they played Oklahoma, Josh, Ross Stripling. Wow. And Jonathan Gray, current Ranger, started the third game for OU. 2012. Gosh, I didn't realize it had been that long between the two teams. They've met twice in the NCAA postseason. Both games resulted in OU victories, including the 1975 NCAA District Tournament in Norman. So basically, I was a baby the last time these two teams played in the NCAA tournament. How about that? 2012. The Sooners have lost, though, five straight to Texas A&M. That came off the heels of a three-game winning streak where most of the people involved in that game are currently either in the big leagues or have moved on to other careers. Stolen bases. I think it's a big story. Huge story. We'll get into the running game a little bit more in depth next. But of the four teams, well, the three teams that OU could play in the, I guess you could say, lead up to the championship series. As far as total number of steals, the Sooners are fourth in the country. A&M 62nd, Notre Dame 67th, Texas 151st. We didn't see a lot of stolen base opportunities in the Super Regional. But I think, you know, Robbie called a couple of days ago, and I don't, I don't know why he stayed with me so much, but I think there's a simple explanation, right? Josh, they just didn't really have many opportunities where they needed to go out and try to grab a bag. The way that they've stolen bases this season is remarkable. Oh, so good. And it, it's probably, you know, I think this game versus a and is pretty simplistic. Which starter for – each of these two respective teams looks like a Friday night starter on a Friday afternoon. I mean, I think I, I, I get it. That's basic. But 
it really could be that simple today is do you get that for Oklahoma? But the other part would be A&M limiting the free passes, keeping Oklahoma off the base paths, and not letting a team that has 142 stolen bases get out and run today. My favorite stat about uh, Oklahoma's stolen bases is this from the, the game notes. So they've got 142 swiped bags in 181 attempts. OU surpassed its total from all of last year, 46 stolen bases in the 18th game of this season. Hey, by the way, that's right. They did play each other last year. Why is that on the game notes? That's right. I completely forgot about it. They played in the Round, round Rock Classic. Thank you very much to whomever pointed that out on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. They played in Round Rock in 2021. That's right. But anyway, I still like the idea that they hadn't played each other since 2012. Take that. Yeah, I remember because I was so excited they'd won the first game against Auburn after a fairly tough opening series where they went 2-2, two and two, lost to Stephen F. Austin. They beat Auburn, and they lost to A&M. Good get. Keeping us on our toes. Anyway, I still like my, my version of it that they haven't played since 2012. But you're right, Josh. There's a lot of good nuggets heading into this game, things that lead you to believe that Oklahoma's got a shot to not just win today, but put themselves in a position by Sunday where someone's got to beat them twice in order to advance to the championship series. Yeah, if you can – it all starts today with a win, but if you can get these first two, boy, you're in a really, really good spot to get to the championship series. All right, you want to hear a little bit of audio when we come back? Please. Let's do it. Quick break. Plank Show rolls on with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. We we have empowered, we have emboldened our intern producer today, Pierce, who broke news to me about Mackenzie Donahue on her way to Tennessee. Good fit. Good luck to her going forward. It's the Plank Show. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. If you missed our interview with Clay Van Hook on Wednesday's show, it's available on the podcast page at krefsports.com. Ooh, by the way, uh, during the top of the hour, excuse me, during the uh, last commercial break, the Sooners officially announced the addition of Alex Siraco, the pitcher from Michigan. We'll get to more of that in just a bit. But listen, I've I've been teasing this audio all day long. I feel like I need to get to it. Hold on, Clay. We talked to Clay about seeing Skip Johnson be able to accomplish this and what it means. Well, the the biggest thing that I can say is when we got done, um, you know, in Blacksburg, you know, we had a, you know, shared a big hug after the game, and um, we're sitting there and we're getting done with the showers, and he came up a little bit late because, uh, you know, he had to do some some post game interviews, him and Kenny and and Tread, and so he, he rolled up, and I I looked at. Uh, T. Rowe, and I said, I guarantee you, I said, the the text messages that he has right now is between three and 500. And he was at, he was at about 380, and he said he had answered 30 already, um, which just goes to show what that man is about, about the relationships he's built over the, the co- course of his coaching career. Everybody who's ever played for him, coached for him, uh, hunted with him, fished with him, he's, he's a special human. And, and, so with with saying that, to, to say I'm fired up for him is a is an understatement because he's got so many people who root for him because of of what he does and what he's about. He's all about the players. He's all about 
you know, getting them better. He's all about touching their hearts and touching their lives. Um, so not just our staff and our players, but there's a lot of people across the country who are, who are fired up for Skip Johnson. It's hard not to root for him, Josh. I mean, he's really – you want to talk about a guy that's kind of taken a, a, a role on and embraced it. You know, it's, it's not necessarily easy to be the OU baseball coach. You have fans with really, really high expectations. As we mentioned, you got a facility that now, now that we've learned today, it's got a whole new fresh look coming. They've still got some money to raise for it. And I assume, and, and that's the one thing I don't know if we've really clarified where they are on the fundraising side, if it's close or, you know, if it's something that they're just getting started with that $30 million to continue to add to the front door of it. But I mean, he's not only taken it on, but he's embraced it, and he's helped over the last few years take the program to another level, including the trip to Omaha this year. It's pretty awesome. It's great for Skip. And when you think about the 2020 team and what that starting rotation with with uh, what it looked like for Oklahoma with Olds and everybody else that was in it, it felt like that was a group that was primed to – maybe host the regional in Norman and certainly have a legitimate push toward getting to Omaha. This group kind of just clicked at the right time. When you think about when did this switch flip for OU, I guess the natural spot is after that loss to Lamar and that three-game series where they scored all those runs up in Lawrence, Kansas. But really it's just the fact that they kept winning after uh, that Kansas series and the five regular season series that they won to close. So I'm happy for Skip. It felt like a year got taken away from him in this program. Uh, And obviously for them to be in Omaha is huge for him, and he deserves it. Um, We played a little bit of some of the Jimmy Crooks stuff, and I felt like I left out one of his best takes which was not letting this moment be too big for anyone involved. Oh no, we're gonna stay calm and collected. I mean, that's we've been trying to do that, just staying, just staying relaxed. You know, taking a pitch by pitch and just doing our thing at the plate, and you know, just sticking with our defense and uh, and our approach at the plate. So we're just we're just gonna stay calm and collected. There you go. There you go. I'm excited, dude. Let's get some final thoughts next. Uh, Steel Man is coming up next. They're going to lead you right up to pregame, and then we'll continue our coverage all day on the ref for our friends on 94.7, 14.30, The Buzz, and in Lawton and beyond. But on KREF in Norman on 1,499.3 FM, straight into the pregame show at 12.30. Let's get you some final thoughts next. Again, official now, a couple of softball notes. Mackenzie Donahue has transferred to Tennessee. Best of luck to her. And Oklahoma makes it official that they've added a new transfer officially official as Alex Duraco will join the Sooners after a fantastic career at Michigan. Um, NFCA All-American, unanimous Big Ten Pitcher of the Year, one year of eligibility remaining, two-time All-Big Ten honoree, 1.71 ERA last year. She's going to be a rock star. And I don't think they're done in the portal yet quick break back to wrap the show up with some final baseball thoughts next right here on the ref
This hour of the Plank Show is brought to you by RoofTech of Oklahoma, locally owned and operated for 30 years. Call Josh Tucker at RoofTech for all your roofing needs. 405-703-4245. Josh, do you know how much we laugh about Magic Johnson's Twitter feed? Of course. It's the best. I think he just had my all-time favorite. He tweeted, GSW head coach Steve Kerr is on my Mount Rushmore of NBA coaches <laughs> with Pat Riley, Phil Jackson, Red Arbach, and Craig Popovich. Ugh. You, you, you notice the problem there? <laughs> yeah, Mount Rushmore has to be four. <laughs> Can't have five on a Mount Rushmore. Oh, my gosh. I literally, when I read that, I, I thought for a moment, I'm like, wait, wait, a, wait a minute. Isn't there only four presidents on this side of Mount Rushmore? I'm going to quote tweet that and say, my Mount Rushmore of college football is Oklahoma, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, USC, <laughs> it's Florida. Oh, gosh. What do you think happens today, Josh? Are we talking Monday about a Sooner crew that's 2-Q, and 2-0, and 1-1? How you feeling? Well, I think if they lose today, they – very well might go to and barbecue. I don't think that's going to happen, though. I think they're going to get a good start from Mr. Bennett, and I think they're going to find themselves in the winner's bracket. I'm hoping that uh, it will be Notre Dame that awaits them in that uh, winner's bracket. What do you think? You, you think they're winning today? Yeah, I do, but I think it's going to be a fun game. Adam's a hard team to figure out. They've had some moments this year where they've been very beatable, and, man, they've just been on a – a really dominant run recently. They're one of two schools that actually hosted their own Super Regional, or at least were in a, the original top eight to host their own Super Regional. But I, I, I really like Jim Schlossnagel, and he knows Oklahoma, and Oklahoma and Skip Johnson know him. He's, of course, the Texas A&M coach. I know managers slash coaches aren't involved in playing the game, but the game planning side of it I think is pretty big here. So – Give me, give me Oklahoma to get a, a little bit of an edge today. And, yeah, you know, Notre Dame's that team that's kind of Sooner-esque, right? They're on a bit of a heater right now. They they won their region. Or actually, where they had to go to, what, Statesville or something like that for their regional? And then they go to, they go to uh, Knoxville and take care of Tennessee, whom everyone thought was absolutely unbeatable. So I think we're getting a Sooner-Notre Dame matchup on Saturday. And I hope they find themselves in a position to where we're talking Monday about a 2-0 and team. This is a very similar squad Oklahoma is, and I think I've seen this comparison. To North Carolina State, who got hot near the end of last year. Now, North Carolina State got kind of hosed because of the COVID issues that arose that didn't allow them to play the if-necessary game against Vanderbilt last year. So what Vandy got the automatic nod into the uh, championship series but I, I really, really like the trajectory that this team is on. Yeah, okay, key player. Who's your key player? Well, you got to say the, the starting pitcher, right? But if not, if not, you know, Bennett, then I think Peyton Graham. You need, a, you need your stars to play well, man. And Peyton Graham can do everything. He can swipe bags. He can hit it out of the yard. He can, you know, just hit to get an RBI single or double. So I, I think you 
if you're looking for a position player, if you're looking for a hitter, you, you go Peyton Graham. And if you're looking for a pitcher, obviously it's the starter. Like KP, Kendall Pettis. I think Kenny stays hot. He's my guy to keep it. I know with a team that's going to go out there and snag some bases, why not kind of give a tip of the cap to one of the fastest? I think he's going to have a big role here today. 12.30 pregame on KREF Norman, which is, of course, 1,499.3 FM. Steel Man's going to be all over it coming up next as we lead you up to that 12.30 pregame show. Enjoy the games. We're back. Whatever happens this weekend to break it all down on Monday. Josh, have a great weekend, man. You too, dude. Have a good one. Steel Man and Connor coming up next right here on the Home Sooner Fans.